stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Thanks for joining us here on this Saturday evening. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. Uh, time now is 5.06, the uh, night before Father's Day. All you dads out there, happy Father's Day. It's going to be a great weekend, and uh, we're off to a nice start on this Saturday. Boy, what a busy week it was in the news department. Once again, we had the North Korean talks that took place, uh, the the sanctions slapped against China by the United States of America. We'll talk more about that coming up in the next two hours. We're here every Saturday evening from 5 o'clock until 7 o'clock, and you can join in on the discussion, 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We're going to get to those issues also Splitting California into three states, what would that mean? What are the chances? And what we heard from from, uh, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom, who is running for governor, and whether or not he supports this. And he got back to a very familiar strategy, which we heard on the night of the election uh, uh, just a week ago or so. Uh, So he he returned to that. We'll we'll talk more about what he's going to do going forward in this runoff against John Cox. Uh, Locally, there's a city. They're planning to build 11,000 new homes. And guess what? State water officials are saying we're a bit concerned there may not be enough water for 11,000 new homes in one city. We talked about this two weeks ago on this very program at this time. Uh, The lack of new reservoirs being built in this state is becoming an enormous problem. Water supply is a big, big issue. So we'll talk about that. Um, and we'll also take a look at some of the efforts that have been going on behind the scenes very quietly to try to get an MLS team, a Major League Soccer team, in Sacramento and get some big, deep pockets. And there are some names that have now come to the front that we have heard before, and these are very, very wealthy individuals who say they want to be part of it. So we'll get to that as well. But let's talk a little bit about what was a very busy week to begin with. Uh, And President Trump, uh, on Friday, he met with a number of reporters. Uh, This was at the White House on the lawn as he was departing. Once again, he did this just before uh, he left for the G7 summit, a very similar scenario about a week prior. And with the reporters, he talked about a number of issues that took place that he was involved in during the week's time. And so we're going to go through a few of those sound bites from President Trump, a very busy week. Uh, from talks with North Korea to the IG report to the Mueller investigation. So Trump began all of this uh, by blasting James Comey. This is the IG report. We're going to talk a lot about the IG report in the next couple of hours, an amazing report that shed a lot of light on the Justice Department and the FBI and bias that has been quite evident for a long time and is now part of this report. Uh, First of all, here he is, uh, President Trump, blasting James Comey, who was criticized in this IG report. I think what he did was a disgrace. I think he goes down as the worst FBI director in history by far. There's nobody close. And I think I did the country a tremendous favor by firing him. Talking about James Comey there, the Justice Department Inspector General, his name was Michael Horowitz. He unleashed a bombshell report this week. It outlined new information that concerned apparent bias at the FBI and the Department of Justice that he says undermines the public trust in each agency. Do you trust these agencies now in light of what you have heard or what you're about to hear in the course of the next two hours? The slew of anti-Trump messages were issued between Special Counsel Lisa Page and FBI Deputy Assistant Director Peter Strzok. These are two individuals who were named. There were five total that have been separated from the FBI that will probably be part of a very deep investigation because the IG said 
These people were biased. They said it didn't necessarily affect any investigation, but there were messages and text messages between a number of them that clearly show bias. One in which struck vows to stop Trump from being elected. It was just months before the president's election. On August 8th of 2016, Page asked Strzok, Trump's never going to become president, right? And Strzok replied, no, no, he won't. We'll stop it. Now, these two individuals, just to give it context, were part of an inner circle of investigators within the FBI who were looking at the Clinton email scandal in which Hillary Clinton was accused of putting highly sensitive documents on a personal server, which is a clear violation of the law. They were also part of a broader Russia investigation as well. And they're exchanging these anti-Trump text messages back and forth prior to and right after the election. And the Inspector General, the IG report essentially confirmed all of this that many people had suspected. Trump then went on to say that the IG report exonerates him. He has said all along that the Mueller investigation is a witch hunt. And here's his reaction to more on the IG report. It totally exonerates me. Uh, there was no collusion. There was no obstruction. And if you read the report, you'll see that. What, you're, what, wait, what you're really, excuse me, wait, wait, wait. What you'll really see is you'll see bias against me and millions and tens of millions of my followers. That is really a disgrace. 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Is President Trump right on the mark here? Has there been an ongoing bias against him and his campaign and members of his administration from the get-go, from the Justice Department, from the FBI? Now, Horowitz, in a rather remarkable note, noted that there's no available evidence that political considerations directly impacted investigative decisions in the Clinton probe. You buy that? So investigators have a personal bias, which they're exchanging with each other, but that has absolutely no impact on the results of their investigation, according to the IG report. Do you, th does that make sense to you? Because I don't get that. I'm not sure that you can necessarily separate those two things, especially when you're exchanging messages with each other during an investigation, you may have a bias as an investigator. You very likely do. But should you be sh sharing that with your fellow investigators? And if you are, how is that possibly not getting into some way, shape, or form the results of the investigation? Trump goes on to say that the IG report is a blow to the Mueller investigation, and, and here's why this is critical, because there's more to come from the IG with regards to the Mueller investigation. They're not done yet. And what this does is raises serious questions, this bias, not only into the Clinton email scandal, but now in the upcoming and subsequent IG report on the Mueller investigation. Now, here's the good news. I did nothing wrong. There was no collusion. There was no obstruction. The IG report yesterday went a long way to show that. And I think that the Mueller investigation has been totally discredited. Totally discredited. Strzok and Page, not the only FBI officials 
who evidenced anti-Trump bias during the Clinton email probe. There were five other unnamed individuals, including two agents and an FBI attorney who worked on special counsel Robert Mueller's Russia probe until earlier this year and then was removed, who made, quote, statements of hostility toward then-candidate Trump and statements of support for candidate Clinton and improperly mixed political opinions with case-related discussions. Do you trust the FBI and the Department of Justice and the probe into the Clinton email scandal and the probe into Russia? 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. There's much more on this. These investigators calling the Trump supporters lazy, retarded. That's, these are the people who have been investigating Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. It's uh, 5.15, more to cover on this. Also, separating California into three states. What that could mean in terms of political makeup. Do you support it? And much more on the other side. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We're back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. Five twenty is the time. Guy was missing for 35 years and he was right under everyone's noses. Golig said he was cheerful. He was a health benefits consultant for the University of California. This was a story I ran across this week while building the stack for this evening. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We're here from 5 o'clock to 7 o'clock live every Saturday night. We'd love for you to join us. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. An Air Force officer with top security clearance who deserted 35 years ago was arrested in California this past week for years as a consultant for the University of California. Former colleagues said that they knew him as William Howard Hughes, Jr., They said uh, he was personable and brainy. He was a numbers cruncher for the University of California system. He was living under the name, by the way, of Barry O'Burney. Charged with desertion and tonight is being held at Travis Air Force Base here in Northern California. 35 years. The guy was a numbers cruncher. And it turns out he deserted the Air Force. Who's sitting next to you in the cubicle? Do you really know him? (laughs) Ah, the secrets we do not share. It is uh, 522 on a Saturday evening. I hope you're enjoying this evening, and I'm glad you're with us. Thanks for being here. More now on the uh, IG report. This thing was uh, just a bombshell. Uh, The FBI attorney who was later assigned to Mueller's Russia probe until earlier this year, actually messaged another colleague, Viva la Resistance, after Trump was elected. Viva la Resistance. These are the people who are investigating Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Another unnamed agent, another one, called Trump supporters, and I quote, Retarded. If you voted for 
Donald Trump? Do you fall into that category, do you suppose? How insulted are you by this? 916-921-1530, Ray from Lodi joins us on a Saturday evening. Hi, Ray. How are things with you? Hi, Sam. Pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I mean, what what are your thoughts about this IG report? What, was it as big a bombshell for you as it was for a lot of folks? Yes, I, I think uh, I, it's uh, shocking that deep state is alive and well. But uh, I was telling your screener, I've got a book called The Bureau, The Secret History of the FBI by Kessler. Mm -hmm. This is woven deep into the legacy of the FBI and many of these federal agencies since Hoover. Right. Well, I mean, you go, you go on American. Yeah, it's terrible. Ray, and you, you may, may know better if you've done a lot of research on this topic, but uh, even, you know, going back to the, the Kennedy administration, uh, there are, there are many, many questions about, you know, Hoover and Kennedy and a power shift and a power struggle. And I mean, there's, there are even theories floated out there that Hoover somehow was involved in the assassination of Kennedy. I, I don't want to get, well, I don't want to go down yeah, that, that path, but, but go ahead. even a different path, but I'm talking about daily White House briefings all the way back as far as uh, Truman. And Harry Truman's considered, you know, Mr. Honorable as far as uh, U.S. president. And I think he was, but he bought into the program that Hoover was selling gossip and personal live secrets on primarily congressional people and lobbyists. So he had the dirt on these people not to officially use, but to unofficially uh, coerce. So, Ray, back in that time, I want to pose this question to you. Do you suppose that the American people were more likely to believe the FBI and the Department of Justice than we are today? No doubt about it. And the, so, the, the, so the confidence and the trust in, in these two agencies, particularly in the last year and a half, uh, w- would you say has eroded enormously among the American people? Yes, absolutely. With no question. Here's to the point. Uh, I'm a pretty good citizen, good American family, military family, Air Force family, Army family. We're kind of losing you a little bit. Talk into the phone, okay, Ray? Ray, we're losing you just a little and, bit. Uh, Make okay. sure you talk right yes. into the phone. I think, I think what you're saying is correct. I have a kid who's a Army cadet, ROTC cadet. He's interested in uh, criminology, FBI, and I, I am already talking uh, negatively and down about uh, future careers joining the FBI for a young man who's a stellar kid who would be great in what I would think should be the FBI. But what uh, we're finding out is this agency, it's, you know, it's laced with all sorts of uh, coercion tactics and bullying tactics and really uh, unconstitutional operations going on continuously. So when you hear political leaders say, and we're going to play later on in, in the next hour and a half, because we're going to weave this through the entire two-hour show here this evening, we're going to play more sound bites from some of our political yeah. leaders who have been saying, Ray, you know, generally speaking... Most of the men and women who work in the FBI and the Department of Justice are very good employees and are doing it the right way. I mean, do you agree with that that notion? I think they are. I think at the lower level and at the street level, I deal with those men and women uh, typically throughout the month also, and I think they are honorable people. It's when you get to the upper echelons of the FBI where there's political appointments and and uh, and assignments that uh, 
No, those people are not. Those people do have an agenda, and it's not necessarily an American one. And when you hear the Inspector General Horowitz say in his report, uh, these particular individual biases between the five to seven employees that were, were cited in this report, that did not impact any investigation, the results of any investigation. Do you buy that? Hell no. Of course it did. By the way they operated outside of the law, outside of the DOJ, of course, Loretta Lynch gave them, gave Comey that running pass to act as he acted because the DOJ is responsible for the FBI. But she, she went de facto, she bowed out because she was, uh, we, she tipped her uh, hand by that tarmac meeting. Well, and once that happened, there was no adult supervision of Comey and the upper echelon in law enforcement there. And, and Ray, as an American citizen and a voter, when you hear the IG say something like that in a report saying, well, you know what, they sure they had some biases, they didn't like Trump, they didn't like Trump's supporters, they called him lazy, they called him retarded, but it didn't impact the investigation. Are you at all insulted that that's even included in the report, that they would even suggest that? Isn't that an insult to our intelligence? Yes, they're rounding the corners. This is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just the tip of the iceberg, and they're trying to soften the blow against the agency. Look at the IRS and this lowest learner. And now that we know the IRS was a federal arm agency of the law used against American people, you can't do that. This isn't a banana republic. So, so now the FBI is in the same position. And, and, and we're expecting an IG report on the Mueller investigation to come out soon. Do you expect any more bombshells from that, or will this be a continuation of this Clinton probe, do you suppose? No, I think there's going to be more bombshells because I think the whole thing is rotten behind the veneer. You know, I think that he assembled more of the same struck page. These same uh, FBI operatives are working in hand in hand with Mueller. I think they're all part of this uh, cabal. I mean, this is uh, terrible. No, I, they're not doing the will of the American people. I, they're, not I, doing, look, they're not following the Constitution. They're following whatever uh, political bias Right. I, yeah. I, I would I, look, I would agree. I don't think you're overstating this at all. I think this is a really big deal in our government today. No question. And I appreciate the call. Ray calling in from Lodi. It's coming up on uh, 530. We got to do a little bit of uh, business here. Uh, more on this on the other side of the break and uh, splitting California into three states. We're going to jump into that and what Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom has to say about that notion and what it would mean for all of us here in the state of California. My name is Sam Shane. Phone number 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We are back in a moment here on Weekend Live. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Father's Day weekend is always a U.S. Open golf tournament every year. For you golf fans out there, Dustin Johnson did not have a good day. Gave back a lot of strokes to the field. This is going to be quite a finish at the U.S. Open from Long Island, New York, tomorrow. Time now is 5.35. My name is Sam Shane. This program is called Weekend Live. We are live here every Saturday evening from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. on KFBK. The phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We take a look at the, some of the big stories that took place all week long, what's coming up possibly next week, and uh, we cover issues that very likely you did not see or hear on your 5, 6, or 10 o'clock newscasts. So we hope that you uh, tune in and listen and get informed and get involved, as they say. 
Uh, North Korea, that was a big story this week, of course. President Trump and Kim Jong-un with their summit. And the result was a promise to denuclearize North Korea. The Trump administration returned from the talks feeling triumphant. We're going to hear a soundbite from President Trump in just one second. But subsequently, this popped up as a headline within the last couple of days. A malicious cyber campaign carried out by North Korean government was detected by U.S. intelligence agencies on Thursday. This is after the talks, just two days after the historic summit between President Trump and Kim Jong-un. An analysis compiled by the FBI and Department of Homeland Security revealed that North Korean government has deployed Trojan malwares. They're known as, quote, hidden cobras. They are used to hamper or completely disable entire computer systems. U.S. intelligence agencies have detected North Korean cyber campaigns in the past, including ones that targeted major international corporations. North Korean hackers are believed to have been behind a massive WannaCry ransom attack. That impacted hundreds of thousands of computers last year, and they are also suspected of having carried out the attack on Sony Picture Entertainment in 2014. Remember that one? That was a big one. So do you trust North Korea? Two days after the talk, U.S. intelligence agencies say, uh, we think they're, they've been trying to hack our computers. After President Trump and Kim Jong-un sit down. Can we trust North Korea? 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Nevertheless, from a foreign affairs standpoint, this was a victory for President Trump sitting down with Kim Jong-un and getting a promise, yes, it was a promise, to denuclearize North Korea. Here he is, the president, on his talks with Kim Jong-un and the agreement that North Korea will get rid of of their nuclear weapons. Because I don't want to see a nuclear weapon destroy you and your family. I want to have a good relationship with North Korea. I want to have a good relationship with many other countries. And what I've done, if you remember, if you're fair, which most of you aren't, but if you're fair, when I came in, people thought we were probably going to war with North Korea. If we did, quiet, quiet, quiet. If we did, millions of people would have been killed. I don't mean like, you know, people saying 100,000. Seoul has 28 million people 30 miles off the border. You would have had 30, 40, 50 million people killed. Who knows what would have happened? I came in, that was what I inherited. I should have never inherited. That should have been solved long before I got there. How did he do? Was this as big a victory for the Trump administration as he would like us to believe, or at least as he has stated? What are your thoughts on this, and can we trust North Korea? 916-921-1530, Could he win the Nobel Peace Prize for this? There are some who say he may. And then there are some who say, who cares? Yasser Arafat got the Nobel Peace Prize. He turned out to be one of the most violent leaders in history. Nevertheless, could he win it? Very possible. Give us a call. Let us know what you think. Let's turn our attention now to three Californias. What do you think of this idea? I know it's not the first time. I know we've talked about this before. But it's out there. There are enough signatures now that get, can go before the voters on the November 6th ballot. So essentially there'll be 
on Northern California. That's where we would be in this region, where if you hear this signal, which goes a long, long way, but if you hear this signal here in Northern California, you will probably be part of the new Northern California, if it's approved. Then there'll be a Southern California. That's, of course, the Los Angeles area and, and everything to the south. And then there's California, and that's going to be essentially kind of the middle chunk. It's it, it, it's hard to sort of draw it up. I mean, you're looking at a breaking up of 58 counties in California into three separate states. So that's the whole idea behind it. If voters approve this proposal, the governor would then provide a copy of the election results to the United States Congress on January 1st of 2019. And Congress would then be given 12 months to sanction the split. So that's kind of how it would work. And I want to get into more behind the guy who's behind it and what Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom had to say about it this week in just a second. But before we get to those sound bites of splitting California into three, let's talk a little bit more about President Trump sitting down with Kim Jong-un and the summit that they had in North uh, regarding North Korea, which was held, by the way, in Singapore. And this is Anne from Sacramento. Hi, Anne. How are you? Oh, great. Hey, how much influence do you think Kim's sister has on him? Because I heard one news report that she went to Singapore with him, and I heard nothing more. And if you I, recall, well, well, why would that have any impact? What, why, why is his sister such a major player in your mind? Uh, well, she went. Remember how much fuss they made over her at the South Korean Olympics with regards to. She got a lot of publicity doing that. So, yeah. Oh, I remember she was there. But I mean, you're saying that she would influence Kim well, Kim Jong Un, and would that be a good thing or a bad thing, or or what would she be trying to influence him on? I have no idea. Mm. Maybe to moderate him. Maybe uh, she saw <laughs> the city lights of uh, Seoul and thought maybe we could be doing this at home. I see. You know what? Frankly, I mean, going into this thing. I was more curious to see if Dennis Rodman was going to show up. Oh, he did. He was Now, I heard he was there, and there were pictures of him in Singapore, but, I mean, I don't think he was part of the talks. Oh, no, but uh, he was interviewed by one of the networks, I think, and broke down and cried. Yes, I know. I saw that online. He was crying. He's very emotional about this. Uh, well, the uh, news conference that Trump gave after, uh, after the meeting was in – in the middle of the morning, it went on for yes. about an hour, and I, yeah, it, it CBS was... radio carried it, and I was listening to it, and I was kind of interested because he was congratulated by some of the reporters. Mm. Did you, I don't know if you heard it or not. No, I've, I've never. In fact, you know what? I don't think I've ever heard a reporter congratulate President Trump. Well, it, exactly. <laughs> I think these were these, these were foreign reporters. Oh, okay. Well, several, no, no. Now several, it's making some sense. Well, several. Well, you. Well, I. They didn't identify themselves, but you could tell by their speech yeah. that they were probably not Americans. Probably not. not. Western Pro Americans. Probably Jim Acosta from CNN was not there, I'm going to guess. Well, <laughs> I don't know, but several, I mean, it happened more than once. Huh. Uh, I mean, several of them congratulated well, him. Well, now, isn't that an interesting twist? The foreign press congratulating President Trump, but the 
Domestic press, maybe not so much. Well, at any rate, I'm always curious about his sister. I mean, this is a family affair. Yeah. I mean, and uh, he may want to keep her close. <laughs> well, I don't know, Ann. You, you raise a good point. I, I mean, I appreciate that. Thanks thank for you. Thank you very much thank for calling you. in. Uh, we want to go to Steve, who's in Folsom. Uh, Steve, what do you think about North Korea, the talks, and can we trust him? Absolutely not. I think none of this means anything until the inspectors get in there and have full access to every square inch of that country. And? You know, buy, cheat, steal, and they're never going to hold up to their bargain unless we can get in there and inspect. So when you when you say something like that, Steve, you know what comes to my mind right away? What? Is Iran. I mean... Exactly. Okay, and then, and then, of course, we dealt with this in Iraq. I mean... We, 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 we cut these deals with foreign countries to de-weaponize, denuclearize, get rid of all the bad stuff that hurts people. And how do we really verify? 100% inspections. There has to be complete compliance. Our guys can go anywhere they want in that country, anytime they want, where none of this means anything. Because, you know, in a country that big, they can hide this stuff anywhere they want to. Well, and do you, do you recall the days... Uh, and, and a lot of this was maybe was Pentagon uh, rhetoric, but when they would show the videos of Saddam Hussein moving missiles all over Iraq before the invasion of Iraq. Do you remember those? Do you recall those? Sure. The Soviets, they got it mastered. Most of their nukes are sitting on trucks. They can haul those things anywhere they want. Right, right, right. Tunnel, it doesn't matter. They're really hard to find. So. so you're not confident that Kim Jong-un or the North Korean government will allow U.S. inspectors to really go in and verify? Nope. I think they're going to give them access to all the critical points that we think we need to see, but then a lot of it's going to be sheltered and hidden. Yeah. I don't think he's going to give them up because there's too much stuff pointed at him right now. So, mm-hmm. I mean, got to be tip for tat. we got to start denuclearizing ourselves and we can't have stuff pointed at them or else they're going to want stuff pointed at us. Yeah, but I, I but but the way Trump negotiates, I highly doubt that he's going to agree to reduce the nuclear weapons in in the United States arsenal. I I just don't see that happening at all. But uh yeah. Who knows, Steve, but a great call. Thanks very much. Uh, Calling in from Folsom tonight. Um, The time now is uh, 546. Uh, We do have to uh, take a little break here. This is uh, Weekend Live. My name is Sam Shane, and we're here every Saturday evening from 5 until 7 o'clock looking back at the day's or week's events and uh, what's going to be happening in the next week or so. The phone number here is 916-921-1530, If you want to weigh in on the, uh, the nuclear talks with North Korea, uh, that'd be great. We'll talk to you about that. Also, we're going to press on eventually and talk about splitting California into three, and we're going to hear from Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom. What are his thoughts? Does he support it or not? I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK, and we're back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live News and Analysis on News Radio KFBK. So glad you joined us on a Saturday evening. It's uh, 551 This is Weekend Live, and my name is Sam Shane. We are here every Saturday evening from 5 to 7. We are live, and we're glad you're with us. And we want to go to the phones right now. John from Sacramento joins us now to add more on the North Korea discussion. Hi, John. How are you? Hey, good. How are you doing? I'm Um, well. My comment is just that, uh, you know, I feel like if if from a practical standpoint, if somebody was to uh, make a huge financial investment in something like this missile program and then another country comes along and says, oh, hey, you got to throw that in the trash can. Mm-hmm. And then they go, oh, okay, sure. 
I just feel like who would do that? Well, I know, and and there are a lot of people who are questioning why Kim Jong Un has uh, done a one eighty on this in the last few months. Uh, that, you know, there are some reports out there that I've read, John, that indicate that the testing program within North Korea of their nuclear weapons has somehow collapsed, hmm. maybe even physically collapsed. Uh, but that, that's a theory that's being floated. In that, Kim Jong Un has no more cards to play. Uh, it, that, that apparently the damage the damage was so severe that even the production or moving forward with the development of nuclear weapons isn't even on the table for the guy anymore. So maybe you know maybe he, he's backed into a corner. I don't know. Yeah, I mean that it, it seems like it's got to be something like that, or or somehow they've got a deal worked out with Iran that they can continue their workings over there or something. Mm, I have no idea. Yeah. But I know I think there are gonna be a lot of theories floated, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No. I appreciate uh appreciate the topic and uh, thanks for giving Hey thanks a lot, John. Appreciate the call. Thanks for calling in. Let's go to a Brian. He's in Orangevale on this evening. Hi Brian, how are you? Fine. Good evening, Sam. Good evening. Um, real quick I'll hit the North Korea thing. Um President Trump did what eleven previous presidents didn't do in sixty five years. And that changed the dynamic of the whole thing. He met with this leader for whom we've had a, a temporary truce for six and a half decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the verification of their progress in dismantling is key. And uh, the the carrot involved with this is that his people have been starving for 20 years. He has very limited industrial capacity. Yeah. I think he, he, he bet a lot on this, thinking this is going to do it. But like so- I said a moment ago his system is collapsing and he needs our help. Well, Brian, look, I think you make a very good point. President Trump made some inroads here where other presidents have been unable to do it. But, you know, you brought up the human rights issue, and I do want to touch upon that. Uh, President Trump was criticized because he did not really deal with that directly. Should he have? I think he did indirectly, and I think that's going to be part of the bigger picture. Um, He knows what to say publicly and what to say privately to sway his uh, opponent across the table. And, and I'm pretty sure that's going to be included. I, I would think that this little private video that he made and showed him showed people being healthy and having enough food to eat, and that's going to sway a lot. Yeah, the problem is is that you just you can't trust them. I mean, they have years and years well, of, yeah, of putting out rhetoric that just simply is not true. Right, but I, I think that they, like you said a moment ago, he's run out of options. Right. Uh, on the California divorce, they've been together 170 years and going to try to divorce into three separate parties with no prenup, you know it's going to be messed with all the assets and liability. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, the, the maps that they've shown is three zones, right. approximately 13 or 14 million each. I, I like the idea of having closer representation than having one big bucket like we're currently in, but the current map for NorCal shows the San Francisco Bay Area with its six or seven million people would be dominating the other six million in the rural part. Yeah, of I, look, Brian, I, I think that before we get too deep into the machinations here, and we're going to play some sound bites on the other side of the break okay. on this, but I mean, I, I think this is going to be a tough sell. I, I, I know people like the idea of greater representation, but at the end of the day, I. I and it's a we'll, five to ten year project right, at that, right? Right, right, right. right. Okay, Brian, good to hear from you again. I really appreciate your calls all the time. Uh, Brian from Orangeville calling in. Uh, time for one more quickly. Let's get to Jared and Gold River. Jared, we got a couple of minutes. What's on your mind? Hey, doing, sir. Thanks for uh, your taking my call. You bet. Um, I, th- I wanted to throw out a hypothesis, hypothesis that's probably not very um, – it's probably not exactly what's going on, but how do we know that Kim Jong-un isn't the gentleman that just wants to, wanted to see if he could do it, just logged a few missiles, and then was like, yeah, screw it, okay, I, I figured it out, now – why not? You know, we know we can't use it because if we do, 
they'll decimate our entire country, so why not throw it away? Well, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I think there are a lot of questions going forward about the whole verification issue and what was his motivation to all of a sudden sit down at the table with the United States of yeah. America, which he's been unwilling to do. His father was really unwilling to do on well, a he, serious I level. about the, um, the mountain where they're testing all the um, nuclear... Uh, Right. Nuclear missiles, right. and that collapsed, so they can't even, so, they can't even test it anymore. Jared, I, I, right, and I don't know if you were listening earlier, but I mentioned that to a previous caller about yes, three sir. or four minutes ago, but I read that very same article that that mountain where they did the testing may have collapsed, but that's yeah. just a theory being proposed that's not been on the record, so who knows? Yeah, I mean, but I, I, I think people need to give the president more credit for what he did, and I really don't see, you know, yeah, they've been they've been lying to us for years, but this Kim Jong Un hasn't been in, he hasn't held the office for that long. So the majority of all, everybody remembers his dad and all his lies. Yeah, you know, yeah. We, we know he's a little fat kid that killed a cousin or something like that, but <laughs> that's pretty much all we know so far. He hasn't been in power long enough. All right, well, yeah, Jared, uh, thanks very much uh, calling in from Gold River. I do appreciate it. We are up against a hard break, and that means that we do have to go. We are going to get to three Californians and splitting them on the other side of the break because Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom weighed in also in the next hour this proposal to build 11,000 new homes in a local city. State water officials are now concerned there's not enough water for 11,000 new homes in a local city. We talked about this two weeks ago. This state has not built a major reservoir since 1979, and we've added 16 million people. I'm Sam Shane. The phone number 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530, and we're back in a moment. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. 6.06 is the time here at KFBK. My name is Sam Shane, and this is Weekend Live. We are live here every Saturday evening from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., taking a look back at the week's big stories, a look ahead of what's coming up. And we'll be covering things that you likely do not hear on your 5, 6, and 11 o'clock newscasts. So we'll be getting into some very interesting topics. We'd love for you to join us. 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. We've got a lot coming up in the next hour. We want to get to Susan right now. She's in Orangevale joining us on this Saturday evening. Hi, Susan. How are you? Hi, Sam. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. What's on your mind? Well, I was just thinking back, you know, North Korea is right next to, guess what, China and Russia. Right. So? And China was our allies during the Second World War. Mm-hmm. So, and I think they remember what we did to Japan. Oh, and so they don't trust the United States of America. No, they know what we will do. I see. They don't want it in their backyard. They don't want what in their backyard? North Korea's nuclear weapons? They don't want our nukes. Oh, I see. I see. Okay. That that might be Look, China, look, look, what we don't know is how much influence China has had on these negotiations. Uh, there have been suggestions that the leadership in China has gone to the leadership in North Korea and urged them to cooperate with the United States for the very reason that you pointed out, and that may be a play. Oh, I know it is definitely the place there, right okay. there. Susan, thank you. It's an interesting take on this. I appreciate the phone call calling in from Orangevale. We want to move on now to splitting California into three states. We've touched upon a little bit in the last 20 minutes, but I want to get to these sound bites. Uh, the initiative's main supporter is a guy named Tim Draper, 
And uh, he's a billionaire. He's a venture capitalist, 60 years old, a California native, a Bitcoin investor of all things, comes from a family of wealthy investors. He founded a venture capital firm called Draper Fisher, uh, a Jerviston. Uh, he first embarked unsuccessfully in a quest to divide California into six smaller states. That was back in 2014. So he's no stranger to this. He's been down this path before, but his initiative now breaks California up into essentially three different states. It will be on the November ballot. If you vote, you will vote on it. And this week, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom, who of course is running for governor against Republican John Cox, talked a little bit about this. Now, Newsom said this week that, uh, yes, he is actually a friend of the author of the initiative, Tim Draper, but, Newsom says, he will not support it. I'm an old friend, full disclosure, of Tim Draper. I've known Tim for 20 years. Uh, he's an incredibly bright and capable person. Uh, that is not exampled in this initiative. Uh, and I will not be supporting the initiative, uh, and I don't expect the people of this state will support it. Why would he support it? I mean, he's a, he wants to be the governor of like a really big state as opposed to being maybe a governor of a smaller state. More power for him. I, th- look, if this even gets approved, you're looking at lawsuits for a long time. Uh, Gavin Newsom, if he even wins, likely wouldn't even be the governor of California. I mean, these things could this could stretch on for who knows, 8, 10, 12 years in the courts. Because it's a really big deal. Uh, the phone number here, 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. What do you think of this initiative? Will you vote for it? Will you vote against it? Are you being represented properly in the state of California, or is it just too big? You can call in and let us know what you think. The next bite I found to be very interesting from Gavin Newsom, because this was a strategy that we heard from him on the night of the primaries. And the strategy was very clearly that night because he invoked the name of Jeff Sessions. He's the attorney general who works in the Trump administration. By name, he called him out. And on that night of the primaries, when he won, he said to his supporters, essentially, he gave them a speech in which it sounded like he was running against Donald Trump, not John Cox, not anybody else but that his campaign was against the Trump policies and the Trump administration. And if you think that he is going to leave that strategy or make a diversion into another direction, so far he's not done that. Let's get back to the campaign strategy. And here we heard it again this week, Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom running against Donald Trump. California's success has been a cohesive state, particularly at a time of Trump and Trumpism, now the fifth largest economy in the world. Why would we cede that uh, to splitting the state up into three? Litigation, consternation, north versus south, all kinds of issues, constitutional issues. Uh, it's not something to spend a lot of time and energy on. So he cites Donald Trump and Trumpism. Like Second sentence in the soundbite. Made sure he got it in there. So that everybody who had a camera and a microphone would get that recorded. Look, I said this uh, when he won the primaries, and I, I noticed this right away, and I'll say it again. And I could be wrong. I mean, he's surrounding himself with some very highly paid 
political experts who know much more about elections than I. But I think he's running a real risk here. He's got to be pretty careful running against Trump and not on the issues. There's an old adage in politics. You can't just be against something, someone, some policy. You have to give voters a reason to vote for you, not vote against the other person. And so far we haven't heard a lot of that from Newsom. He's telling us that he doesn't like Donald Trump. But is that going to be enough? I'm not sure. And and if, if, if Cox continues to poll well, because on the night of the primary, he was only seven points behind Newsom. And I know this sounds kind of outlandish. But then again, I also remember a time when there was a guy named Donald Trump who was going to run for president, and people thought, no chance. I don't know. I think it's a risky, risky move. We'll see. So, in Folsom, there's a plan to build 11,000 new homes. Big, big development. Construction will begin this month on the first model homes at Folsom Ranch. 3,300-acre development in the city of Folsom. It's just south of Highway 50. If you're heading up 50 and you look to the right, you know, that big old empty plot of land just before you start going up the hill, right? State regulators are having some serious questions about the project's water supply. How about that? They are not convinced that the city of Folsom has secured enough water to keep showers and spigots flowing. Because, of course, in California we have increasing uncertainty about rain and snowfall. And in California, we have not built a big reservoir since 1979. Here are the numbers as we go to break, and I want you to think about this, and you can give us a call and weigh in about this entire issue and how absurd it's become. 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. Here are the numbers. 1979, last big reservoir. 23 million people were living in California, 1979. 2017... The last time we counted, 39 million people in California. So we have 16 million more people living in this state since 1979, and we have not built a single new reservoir. And Governor Jerry Brown has come out recently and said, the answer is we all need to conserve more. And now Folsom wants to build 11,000 new homes, and the state water regulators aren't even sure that there's going to be water for them. I mean, am I missing something here, or is this like a colossal failure by our political leaders over decades? 916-921-1530, is the time. I'm Sam Shane, and we're back in a moment. KFBK Weekend Live. News and analysis. On News Radio, KFBK. Thanks for being with us at uh, 621 on this Saturday evening. My name is Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. We are here every Saturday evening from 5 until 7 o'clock. The phone number is 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. You can also hear us on kfbk.com. And if you want to go back and listen to the recorded version, you can go to the podcast section and check out Weekend Live there. 
Uh, thanks for joining us. We want to talk more about what's taking place in Folsom. They want to build eleven. They are going to build eleven thousand new homes there. State water regulators are now concerned there may not be enough water to supply eleven thousand new homes. The city of Folsom officials say we're fine. We've taken all the necessary steps. The water will be available. However, there's a guy with the Pacific Institute. It's, this is an Oakland water policy think tank. It's an official. He's quoted as saying, there is a growing conflict between building more homes and accommodating a growing population, and it's running up against limits to water availability. Their assumptions have been, we'll deliver whatever water is demanded. Those days, he said, should be over. Let's go to Bobby's in Citrus Heights right now, joining us on this Saturday evening. Hi, Bob. How are you? Hi, Sam. Hey, thanks for taking my call. You bet. No, I figure with the uh, tax base that uh, Folsom plans to gain by putting in 11,000 new homes, they could easily uh, use some of that to build a new reservoir for those homes. Well, that might be true. However, this is a much bigger problem, Bob, than just building a reservoir for 11,000 new homes. Uh, right. Look, the, the, the voters of California in recent years have approved a bond and have told their political leaders, look, we want a new big reservoir, like a massive reservoir, even bigger than the one at Folsom right now. And guess how much dirt has been moved on that project? Zero. Zero. Nothing. Right. And I, I, I'm just, I'm at a loss here. I can't figure this out as to how uh, our political leaders have allowed this to happen. Look what the housing prices are in California today. And if you can't build homes because you don't have water, guess what's going to keep happening? The, yeah, going to continue to go up. Ex of course they are. And the middle class are going to continue to get pushed out. Right. So I, I'm not sure where the breakdown comes, but Bob, I've, um, and forgive the pun, but it is intended. I floated this idea in the past. Maybe they don't want to build them. Maybe they want to have the power over the water. And the less water they have, it's a commodity, the more power they have. Well, absolutely. It's been that way since day one, back before Mulholland built the first reservoir down there in L.A. Yeah, but but wait a second, though. It's changed. Because up until 1979, this state was building big reservoirs. 1979, 23 million people here. Then we add 16 million people. That's almost a 100% increase. Not quite, but almost. Over the next, you know, how many years? Here we are, 2017, and they've built not one. So something changed. I think everybody's in it to get rich quick rather than to build and plan for the future. Because uh, building and planning for the future takes uh, an effort. Right. Right. And well, an honest assessment. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, Bob. I, I, I look, I, I, I really believe, and, and, and maybe this is a little bit cynical and a little bit dark and negative, but we could be one big fat drought away from a real big problem here. Oh, without a doubt. You think so, too? Uh, absolutely. But I think if we build those tunnels, <laughs> well, and that'll take care of everything, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, Bob, you just you called in to open up another can of worms. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I really appreciate the call, Bob. Uh, Bob from Citrus Heights uh, weighing in on this really unbelievable situation in California with water. Uh, how it got to this point with a governor who says, well, the answer is we all need to use less. Really? 16 million more people and we need to use less. Okay. 
Um, I want to get back now. Time now is 625. The phone number 916-921-1530, to the IG report on uh, the FBI and DOJ investigation. Uh, there are some incredible sound bites that have come out as a result of this really bombshell report this week. Uh, the report shows that there were many investigators within the DOJ and FBI who had clear biases for Hillary Clinton and against Donald Trump who were very, very intricately involved in these investigations. And there are a number of people on both sides of the aisle in Washington, D.C., who are extraordinarily upset. And we're going to hear from a few of them. One unidentified FBI employee described Trump voters as, quote, uneducated and lazy POS. POS stands for pieces of, you can finish that. This was the day after the 2016 election. Another employee wrote, Trump's supporters are all poor to middle class, uneducated, lazy POS that think he will magically grant them jobs for doing nothing. They probably didn't watch the debates, aren't fully educated on his policies and are stupidly wrapped up in his unmerited enthusiasm. We've got another one from another attorney. I'm just devastated. This is after what happened in the election. I can't wait until I can leave today and just shut off the world for the next four days. These are the people who are investigating Hillary Clinton's email scandal, and subsequently... The allegations of the Trump campaign and Donald Trump being tied to Russia collusion. So the current FBI director, his name is Christopher Ray, and he did speak out about this. He had to because his agency is under extraordinary pressure given the clear bias that's taken place. Here is what he said this week when he said that the FBI will learn from this. As far as the report goes, there's some sobering lessons in there, and we're going to learn those lessons, and we're going to act on those lessons, and that's the way the FBI has always handled these things in the past, and that's what made the FBI stronger over the last 110 years. Well, they haven't faced something like this in 110 years. There may have been biases. But I don't know that we knew so much about how deep they ran or are running, as in the current FBI, and clearly Department of Justice. However, Ray says that the report did not find that the political bias that we all heard, he says it did not affect the investigations. We're going to hold employees accountable for any potential misconduct. We've already referred conduct highlighted in the report to our disciplinary arm, OPR, which is the FBI's independent Office of Professional Responsibility. We need to hold ourselves accountable for the choices we make and the work we do. So he's promising that they're going to get back to the basics here. They're going to hold people accountable. We'll see, because there are likely going to be congressional investigations and more investigations. But I want to play the one more soundbite. Uh, this is with regards to how he believes bias did not impact the investigations. I take this report very seriously, and we accept 
its findings and recommendations. It's also important, though, to note what the Inspector General did not find. This report did not find any evidence of political bias or improper considerations actually impacting the investigation under review. We have to take a, a quick break. Do you believe that? 916-921-1530-1800-834-1530. Back in a moment. Stay connected. News and analysis. KFBK Weekend Live. News Radio KFBK. Phone number here is 916-921-1530-1800-834-1530. I'm Sam Shane. This is KFBK Weekend Live every Saturday night from 5 to 7 p.m. A couple of things I want to get to in the stack very quickly. USA Today this week listed the five least desirable or worst places to live in America. Number five, Cleveland. Number four, Memphis. This is according to USA Today. Number three, St. Louis. Number two, Flint, Michigan. And the number one, worst place to live, according to USA Today, Detroit. Median home value in Detroit, now $43,000. That's the median price for a home. Flint, Michigan, you can get a house there, median price, $28,000. Isn't that amazing? In the 1950s, Detroit was one of those huge, humming industrial cities. And sadly enough, it has eroded. Uh, a place that a lot of people are choosing to live, especially millennials, are moving to Sacramento like never before. And this came across this week, and I do want to get this in right now because I think this is pretty important development with for all of you soccer fans. Some text messages. Uh, good reporting, by the way, by... The Sacramento Bee on this story, they went after some text messages between uh, some of the top city officials in Sacramento and uh, Republic FC and so on, and uh, revealed some interesting new details. Southern California billionaire Ron Burkle. Does that name sound familiar? He was rumored to be the guy who was going to buy the Sacramento Kings before Vivek Ranadive stepped in. Ron Burkle apparently toured Sacramento's soccer stadium site he has had detailed discussions, according to the B, with Republic FC and Mayor Daryl Steinberg about becoming a lead investor in the Major League Soccer expansion franchise. This is according to those text messages obtained by the B. City and team officials have also met with a group led by former Sacramento Kings player Omri Caspi. He's in the mix, apparently, now, with two East Coast real estate magnets. Public records show a third ownership scenario for the MLS team in Sacramento may also be in play. The owner of the Columbus Crew MLS team apparently looking to move the team. And there was an ESPN analyst who predicted last week that the crew will move to Sacramento. It's fueled speculation that Sacramento may be their second option if they're unable to get a stadium deal in Austin, Texas. So we've been told that the Republic and the city are working behind the scenes to find those deep pockets that the MLS commissioner says you got to have, and they keep saying, you guys are going to get a team, just come to us with more money, and apparently they are talking to some pretty big wheels. We'll see how that plays out. Let's go to Gary. He's in Wheatland calling in on a Saturday evening. Hi, Gary. How are you? Oh, pretty good. good. I'm just uh, calling about the, the word illegal, okay? You get, if you're illegal, it's like me going out and ordering a steak dinner and going up to the register and not pay and walk out. It's illegal. Yep. What's the difference? What's the difference? Between it's illegal. It's, it's still illegal. Oh, so you mean the, the difference between illegal and undocumented? Why? Oh, is that what you're suggesting? 
No, I'm talking about the word illegal. Yeah, I, I, I follow okay. you, but in, re in reference to what? Are you talking about immigrants? Yes. Okay. And so there if are some... Heard, yeah, it, I, it, I see it, it. I see where you're going. So, Gary, what you're saying is there are some people who define that same group of people, illegal immigrants, and some people who define them as a, a different term, like undocumented. Yeah, undocumented. Right. That's a, a softer, nicer word, but in reality, they're illegal. From a technical standpoint, you're right. I, I mean, you are absolutely. They are here illegally. That's correct. They are also undocumented, so that too could be argued as being correct. Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, neither is incorrect. Do you follow me? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it just it's, it just depends on what your preference is and how you want to how you, you want to label that. So. All right, Gary. Thanks very much. Appreciate the call from Wheatland calling in today. 6.40 is the time. Here's another one. Another text. Another message. From another investigator with the FBI or Department of Justice identified in the IG report with clear bias. And they're investigating Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump with clear bias. I honestly feel like there is going to be a lot more gun issues. The crazies won, finally, is what this investigator writes. This is the Tea Party on steroids, and the GOP is going to be lost. They have to deal with an incumbent in four years. Which, by the way, if you look at the polling recently, uh, we have to fight this again. Also, this investigator writes, Vice President Mike Pence is stupid. These are the people working at the Department of Justice and the FBI who are investigating the top two candidates for President of the United States. And no one is more upset about this than Trey Gowdy. He's a Republican, chair of the House Oversight Committee, and he weighed in this week. He called the IG report bitterly disappointing. He is clearly troubled by the obvious level of bias. He called it a dark day for the FBI and for the Justice Department. Peter Strzok, the, the FBI agent who was on Hillary Clinton's investigation and arguably the lead Russia investigator, not only wanted to stop his campaign, but once he won, got on the Mueller probe because he wanted to impeach him. That is a level of animus and bias that, that everyone should reject. He is clearly upset, and he was throughout this entire interview he did with Fox. And this was immediately after the report came out. Uh, he is, again, a chairman of the House Oversight Committee. Don't be surprised if there's at least one hearing or more on this IG report. And then, of course, there could be another IG report coming out very soon on the Mueller investigation. How are they conducting themselves on the Mueller investigation, which President Trump has called a witch hunt? For Americans, Gowdy went on to say in this interview, this report raises serious questions about our level of trust in the FBI and in the Justice Department.
I'm animated because uh, Russia tried to uh, undermine the fundamentals of our democracy in 2016. And I think anyone who heard what any law enforcement agency heard in the summer of 2016, every one of my fellow citizens would say, you go find out whether that's true or not. You go find out whether or not a foreign hostile country is going to mess with our election. What my fellow citizens also expect is for the agent that does the follow-up to be free of taint and bias. You can say what you want about Trey Gowdy. He is a Republican. Phone number here, by the way, 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. He's a former prosecutor. If you have ever seen him ex- cross-examine a witness in a hearing, it's almost art. I mean, the guy is about seven steps ahead of everybody in the room. And he is driven to get to the core of the issues and the facts without bringing rhetoric. And when someone isn't answering his questions, pity the poor person sitting there, because that ain't pretty. So have you lost confidence, or did you even have any confidence in the investigation arm, investigative arm of our federal government? 916-921-1530, Also weighing in on this, former CEO of Godfather's Pizza and former presidential candidate and Republican Herman Cain. Here's another slam. There was an FBI staffer who called the Trump voters lazy. And Cain went on to slam that FBI staffer. This is an insult below the belt. I have been poor before I was poor. I know what poor looks like. And so did my dad. My dad wasn't around to vote for Donald Trump, but he would have because my dad believed in less taxes, less government, and more individual responsibility. What my dad did was work three jobs when he had to. So I don't consider that lazy. Did you vote for Donald Trump? And if you did, are you insulted by what you read and heard in this IG report? Herb Cain was. He said his dad would have been. Obviously, he has a lot of respect for his dad. His dad worked hard. Three jobs. They were poor. And when you work three jobs and you're poor, you're not poor because you're lazy. Cain says that the statements in the text by these five FBI agents that appear in the IG report demonstrate quite clearly just how out of touch... They are with regular Americans. I'm sure that most of the people in the FBI are good, dedicated professionals. You're going to have a few bad apples like the ones who make these kind of statements. I believe someone with this insulting attitude Mm -hmm. sees the world only through the narrow lens of what they capture in liberal New York, liberal D.C., and liberal Hollywood. It doesn't represent the lens of the media for regular people. So I think that they are living in a bubble that they need to get out of. Are they in a bubble? 916-921-1530. 1-800-834-1530. they have any clue what we're really dealing with out here? All of us going to work, paying the bills, trying to keep up? Give us a call, 916-921-1530, 1-800-834-1530. I'm Sam Shane. we got some calls coming in. We do have to take a break, pay some bills, but we're back here on Weekend Live on the other side. K-92-3.
KFBK Weekend Live News and Analysis on News Radio KFBK. Time is limited and the calls are backing up, so we need to get to the phones quickly if we can plow through these. A lot of folks have some interesting thoughts tonight. It's a Saturday evening. Thanks for joining us here on KFBK. I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. Uh, Anna from Sacramento uh, joins us on the phone right now on a Saturday evening. Hi, Anna. How are you tonight? Hi. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm I'm one of those people that don't care about working for what I make. (laughs) I just... I just finished a 12-and-a-half-hour shift, and I'm now going to see a home patient, a home health patient. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, I get to turn around and do it again tomorrow. Um, well, so keep pushing on, Anna. Of, keep pushing on. That's what we're all doing right now. What are your thoughts on the, well, on the water shortage? Again, it goes right back to the same thing, the why everybody's so mad at Trump. He is a good parent. He is a good steward. When he says no, he means no. We're not going to do it that way. But what does that and, have to do with the water shortage? Well, there's been many, many things that have been passed to build new uh, reservoirs right. and extensions to reservoirs. Right. And, oh, oh no, we can't do that. <laughs> we yeah, look, Anna, that. I, don't, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. There's, there's, something that, there's something at play here because the will of the people is not being met by the political leadership of this state. And when the governor comes and, out and says the answer yeah. is that we all need to use less water, that's not good enough anymore. That, that's just okay. not good enough. Well, if, if that's so, yeah. then every single building that is now currently built should have a edict against green lawn. Anna, I agree. I, I think all of look, the golf I, right. Look, I think there are lots of resolutions here. We can't get into all of them. I do appreciate your call, and uh, thanks for putting in a long, hard day. But th- there's there's got to be some new water. Sh- there's got to be a new supply of water in this state with regards to new reservoirs and storage. Let's go to John in Yuba City, who joins us on a Sunday or a Saturday. Hi, John. How are you? Thank you, sir. Appreciate you taking my call. You bet. What's on your mind? Your premise that the FBI is biased against an innocent That's person. not my premise. That was the finding of the IG report. That's not my premise. Well, you summed it up as the uh, IG report, but basically... No, no, I didn't sum it up as the IG the report. No, nope. going after an innocent person. The FBI investigates look, criminals. Look, Steve Horowitz... Mueller, if you let me speak, Mueller most famous cases bringing down John Gotti. I don't yeah, I don't care about John, I don't care about Mueller and John Gotti. The IG report is very very clear. There were at least 5 members of the investigative team in the Department of Justice and the FBI who had biases against Donald Trump and for Hillary Clinton. That's the IG report. That's the conclusion of the Inspector General of the United States of America. It's clear cut. They were biased. He's biased because he's a criminal. No, he's not a criminal. It's not no no. Bye, John. He's not a criminal. Ken from Orangevale. Hi, Ken. How are you? I'm doing fine. How are you? Well, you know, you get a call like that, and you sometimes wonder about people. Yeah, I, under, I understand that one. Uh, my basic comment is about Jerry Brown and the fact that he was uh, uh, part of the reason that the Auburn Dam was killed originally, uh, because he his favorite saying was "less is more," right. and they. Uh, the uh, environmentalists uh, got him uh, on their team, and they killed the, the dam. And that's one of the big reasons why they don't have any, uh, don't have enough water. Look, this, this has been going on, Ken. This has been going on a long time, and we are at a point in our history in California where this it, it, Jerry Brown's legacy may be his failure to to build storage. 
I mean, I mean, this is crazy. 16 yep, million well, more people and we haven't built a reservoir? It's nuts. Yeah, not only that, uh, the American River really doesn't supply any water to Sacramento. It goes to the Bay Area. Right, right. Ken, listen, i got to push on to one more call. I really appreciate your call. You're right on track. Thanks very much. Ken from Orangeville calling in tonight. Michael calls in right now and joins us on a yeah, Saturday. Hey, hey, how you doing there? Great, yeah, how are hey, you? Good, good, good job, Adam, for taking care of our, our, our people. You know, we uh, need more people like her. Who, who's that? Uh, this, for Anna, you're, you're, the lady caller you had earlier, she was... Uh, oh, yeah, 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 she, yeah, the home care giver. Job, man. She, she really touched my heart there. She goes home and works, and works when she gets home, you know? Yeah, I hear you. Michael, I got I got. Yeah, yeah, listen, uh, yeah. I want to know why the us, as we, the people, don't do something about changing the way our government is treating us. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe we are. Maybe, maybe, we maybe, need maybe. to get a big box and stand up high and yell, just scream loud, maybe, you know, and pull well, together. Maybe, maybe this is a bit of an uprising that's taking place in this country, do you suppose? Uh, we need a leader. I think a leader should start calling. Just call us up and we'll go. Yeah. Okay, Michael. I'm telling right, you what, you've got November 6th. I'm, is I'm the... speaking for the uh, lower income half because I'm not an educated man, but I am sick and tired of our own people going against our president. He's the president. Let him, let him do his job. All right, Michael. You know, I look. I, I don't. I don't think that you're alone in that. I I hear you, and I think you make a really good point. November six is the big day. Thanks very much. Appreciate it, Michael. Calling in with what many people are thinking about in this country today, when we have entertainers who get up on network TV and drop the f bomb. It's just disgusting. It really is. You. you you can differ on policy. You can differ on politics. But th- this, this unraveling is just amazing to me by, by major public figures. I mean, Robert De Niro. What a sad sight. That was so sad. Uh, quickly here on the tariffs. The Trump administration announced tariffs of $50 billion on Chinese imports, of course. It's not just China. It's happening in other countries, Canada today. Today there is a report that Canadians are taking the practicing pocketbook diplomacy. They're boycotting American goods in Canada. Maybe we are headed for a big old tariff war. Who knows? I'm Sam Shane. This is Weekend Live. Thanks for joining us. We're going to be back here next Saturday from 5 o'clock until 7 o'clock. Hope you join us then. Have a great Father's Day, and we'll talk with you later.